Welcome to episode 79 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are thrilled to be joined again by our friends from Toxic Coffin, Lance and Steven. Welcome back to the show, boys. What's up, boys? Hell yeah. What's up? Hey, dude. <laughs> Great to be back. Uh, we love you guys so much. Uh, we love the brand. We love the products. And uh, you guys are killing it. So uh, we're happy to have you guys back on the show. I guess it was what, like, I feel like a long time ago. I should have checked this out beforehand, but it was dozens of episodes ago that uh lance and steven joined us uh i don't want to say you guys were new to the endeavor at that point in time but you guys i I think we're definitely in the kind of like getting situated launching full bore getting Mm -hmm. into the licensing thing um at that point in time you only had a couple license for a couple uh different you know lines that you were doing but things have really really taken off since then and uh, i think jamie and i have gravitated so much toward your brand for a million different reasons but uh i think one particular reason is the shipping care i mean we our stuff that we do i think we model a lot of the care we take it's, based off it's what you guys directly do. just copying you guys so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome we yeah just, well, i appreciate it yeah that's, it's definitely something that we uh really focus on just because it's really important to us we want to make sure that whenever you get something from us that you feel like we're there with you when you open it. So the experience of you getting a package from us should, we would hope that you feel like, you know, the attention to detail, the, the extra a- items that come with it, everything that we do is very purposeful just so that we want, because we can't be there with you. I mean, you order or mainly online. So if we can't be there and we can't be as excited about what you got to your face, we want to be able to give you something to let you know that we're just as excited that you got something from us that, um, that's why we do all those extras and all the, the fun stuff that goes with it. You want to talk a little bit about the brand? I know we're here to talk about movies. We're going to talk about holiday horror, but um, for those that missed the last interview, um, bring us up to sp- uh, speed on the brand. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're Toxic Coffin. Uh, Steven, I uh, do all the design work and, and uh, creative uh, vomiting of ideas onto all of our products uh, with the help of my buddy Lance, who's my uh, high school best bud. We grew up playing bands and stuff like that together. And, you know, this was like a pandemic baby. And we we're like, let's start a company together. And so, yeah, we, this is, we're going into our third year now, which sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And Lance, Lance handles all of our customer service and fulfillment and packs all the orders and makes everybody super happy with his, his notes and all the goodies he puts in. And uh, he does a lot of the like social media and whatnot for the brand but yeah we we make horror t-shirts and halloween t-shirts anything spooky and you know yeah that's, that's what we do was there a uh, mutual love of a certain movie that brought you guys together or brought you to this um not together i know you guys were already friends but brought you to this like understanding of a, a clothing company and like all right let's fucking make a shirt for black christmas or whatever the fuck it was like did you guys have a movie that was like the first one that came to mind like man if we made a shirt for this it would be amazing um, I mean, we, we had our like Holy grail movies we wanted to do shirts for, but I mean, it all really started because of Halloween. Uh, yeah, cause it yeah. was, it was, you know, right peak shutdown of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we were like terrified that we weren't going to be able to go trick or treating that year. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, maybe if we 
maybe if we like give people Halloween, like weirdly enough, it will like save it, you know, like in a like stupid, like <laughs> metaphorical, like if we put this in the universe, like, like we give people Halloween cheer, like it'll, it'll save it, you know, we'll get yeah, to go through that. Movie. So that's kind of like what we did. So we're like, everything in the beginning was like, we're just going to do, you know, cause we love the holiday just as, as much as we love horror movies. Uh-huh. So we're like, let's just do some original designs. And it was also the easiest way for us to do something that we were like, you know, how are we going to do horror movie shirts, like bootlegs and stuff like that? What is that world? You know, we felt like Halloween was like a safer uh, realm to just start off with. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know if we had any, anything. Suspiria was probably like the one shirt where like, if we make a shirt, we want to do it for Suspiria. And that took us two years to get to. So. Well, that's amazing. You guys finally, finally got there. Yeah. I mean, I think if there was one movie that kind of transferred us into our like and solidified our love for horror and like opened the door into the back catalog of all the amazingness that has been made instead of just focusing on what's like currently being made or hitting theaters and stuff like that was Fright Night in college when I think it was back in the day when Netflix, you know, had a pretty consistent back catalog of really awesome horror stuff on like 20. 12 or so maybe 2009 something like that and um we were we were eating at a mexican restaurant and steven was like you have to see this movie and he's like describing fright night to me and like this sounds incredible i have I'm pretty sure i got it on a disc like actually had the disc get mailed to my house yeah he was like i'm gonna watch this so i remember that in that yeah. time like in college that was when because i feel like we're all kind of the same age yeah that was that yeah. time frame when it was like, no, I'm I'm gonna spend fifteen bucks a month and get the disc option, mm-hmm. uh, get the disc mailed to me if it's not streaming <laughs> yeah, right now. You're right, and uh, that was that was such a cool thing. But yeah, keep keep going, man. Yeah. On, on Fright Night here. Yeah, I have I have I have like a vivid recollection of like early smartphone. I'm like looking up on Netflix to see if Fright Night is on Netflix, and it and it was back then. And we you know we went back to my house and we had a few margaronas in us and we were you know like super excited to get um so i I was super excited steven had already seen it and so we're watching i'm just like falling in love with this movie and being like this is everything that i've always wanted horror to be and it's just you know you just don't know what exists and you know nowadays it's so different i mean you can look up anything find anything but back then it was like you know digging up gold every once in a while and being able to meet the right person who could lead you somewhere or being at the right video store and so that was like, and that's why Friday night is such a special shirt that we did. And, and, you know, it's why, you know, it's one of our favorite shirts that we've done because of that connection that we have to it. And it's, de- I think it's definitely a pivot point in, in, at least in my life, in, in terms of my, my falling in love with all of the, the horror genre and seeing what's out there. So like, yeah. yeah that was well, and me. I think, I think too, like the, the epitome of like, any kind of pop culture apparel, you know, like nerd shirts, if you will, like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's all like, we want to wear this stuff that like, you know, like it means so much to us. And it's usually stuff that you can't buy elsewhere. So, you know, obviously like us making t-shirts was another way. To, well, I don't, have, where am I going to get a fright night shirt? You know, I think that's what uh, drew us to you guys in the first place. Quite honestly, For was sure. you were, you were doing content on things like, night of the creeps night of the comet fright night and we were like oh my god we love those movies so much and 
that was what got me was Night of the Comet. I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen a uh, brand do this yet. Yeah. And it's get me in there. It's just one of those things where it's like those movies are so important to us. And I don't want to say it gets commoditized, but they're like Halloween. So many people are vying to do stuff for that franchise, which is amazing. And so much, so much of it is good. And you see stuff from time to time. Where it's like, man, what a great use of the property. But um, it's it's awesome to see some of the the movies like Fright Night, which is one of Jamie and I's. I mean, that's in my top 10, 100 percent. Like, I love that movie mm-hmm. so much. I'm so fond of it. And I, I'm, I, I think of it with so much affection. And yeah, that's part of what drew us to you guys. Yeah, and that's one of the movies that, like, as we became closer and became friends, that was a movie that, like, we both loved, you know? Yeah, like, together. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. We used to watch out on the way back from Chicago, like, with the fucking iPhone set up in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but we would like driving. Stream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm honestly surprised I've never done that. That's, I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to do, it, like... Two weeks from now, Steven's going to be like, got an offender bender. Yeah. Fuckers. <laughs> Thanks damn. a whole lot. Yeah. Steven dead. <laughs> they told me it was okay. Oh my God, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> well, today's episode's uh, a good one because it's, it's cold here in Ohio. Um, you guys are down in the Carolinas, so not quite as cold. But, Jamie, what, today's like in the 20s for us. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, it's the holiday season. We're going to talk about holiday horror. We're going to talk about six films, actually, to be exact. So three from the Toxic Coffin camp and three from the Horror Dads camp. We're going to nominate uh, three films each and talk about some holiday horror. But before we, before we do that, uh, we're going to do our standard stuff. And Lance and, and Steven are going to join us. So Perfect. Uh, watching. Jamie, have you been watching anything recently? Yep. I watched a movie. Uh it's one of our favorite podcast namesake. It is Alone in the Dark. Oh, what'd you think, man? Uh, dude, have you guys seen Alone in the Dark? It's, uh, I don't remember the year. John's looking it up. But um, it is. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> have you, wait, have you watched it, John? I, I did after, okay. you, after yeah. you had mentioned it. It is me. absolutely yeah. not what I thought it was. I yeah. was expecting this like fun horror film and it is actually quite like. I don't know if depraved is the right word, but it's it's pretty disturbing. Um, it's like a home invasion exactly, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's that's uh, the one with the dude with it, the the cover has like an axe. I don't like know. A, Does it? I think there's a few I different covers so. of that, hmm. and it's finally streaming on something. So I fucking um, went in there, and yeah, I just was I wasn't expecting. I wasn't ready for what it is because it, it gets pretty dark. Uh, uh, it's like a mental hospital. This guy moves mm-hmm. yep. kind of like uh, Lance moves for a new job. Uh, you get up there, you realize that you're uh, in a place that's essentially run by lunatics uh, because um, who's our boy? It's not Christian Slater because there's another movie called Alone in the Dark with him. So yeah, no, no, it's not yeah. that one. It's this is the 1980 uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know the year offhand. Um, but Donald Pleasance is in it, yes. and he yeah. runs the asylum, and he's fucking nuts. Like, you know right away, like, this guy's crazy. Uh, so it's like an asylum being run by the crazies. And this guy gets there. Uh, he's just trying to, like, make a difference. And power goes out one night, and all these crazies escape, and they just start going on, like, a killing rampage. Yeah. Uh, and they hunt this guy's house down, and they get there, and there's kids, and women involved and it's pretty uh it's like i said it's pretty dark but it's definitely worth a watch 
Yeah, I know I've seen that one. Uh, maybe on like Tubi or something like that. Yes. It was one that I put on like late night and I, it was just like a classic, like I'm going to watch a movie and then just kept falling asleep. So yeah. I definitely need to revisit it. Friday night at nine and you're like, all right, kids Here are asleep. Go. I'm yeah. so <laughs> in. And before you know it, you're like, oh God. You I'm wake s- up like, my was I watching something last night? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you just wake up in a scene where like somebody's just screaming. And you're like, oh, oh okay. Standard. I, I don't think I missed anything. And then you realize it's been like 30 minutes, and you're like, God damn it, I go to bed. Yeah. And Tubi does that thing too, where it uh, pops a new movie on that you didn't request. Oh like, god! Right Before you know, you're wake watching up to like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and you're like, "How did I get here? What the hell?" Oh, no, I got busted. My my wife came down, and Twilight was on down here, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I was like <laughs> sleeping like a vampire watching Twilight. She's like, "What are you doing down here?" I just uh, love Robert Pattinson. Leave me alone. Yeah, come on. Yeah, had a bad week. Uh, Lance, you been watching anything new that you want to touch on, man? Um, uh, so you touched on a little bit, Jamie, but I, uh, I've recently moved in August and we're renovating my grandfather's old farmhouse from the forties. So cool. But I, I'm, I am, my time for movie watching is, is pretty sparse because I do a lot of the toxic coffin fulfillment stuff at night after the kids go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, either I'm doing that or I'm just going to go to sleep because I'm wiped out. But on the rare night that I'm feeling up to watch something, I did watch, um, two that I really liked on Shutter. Um, um, Deadstream was super fun. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen that one yet? Yes, we both have. Yeah, yeah that's a lot so, of fun. Yeah, love love that. And then uh, Sissy on Shutter. Have you guys watched that one yet? I did. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about both those movies last night. Actually. What did you think yeah. of uh, Sissy? I thought it was really fun and really interesting. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it. I really liked the that comedic sensibility is so funny to me. And I, I just, I love the way that everything happens um, throughout the movie. And it's, you know, towards the end, it gets very uneasy and, and really cool, but like all throughout it, you know, the, the accidental stuff that happens and everything, you know, everything happens by accident. And then, but it slowly starts to unravel her throughout the, the whole process. It, yeah. I, just, I thought it was really, really fun and really interesting the way that they did it. Yeah, it was like a much darker yeah, version of like Tucker versus really Dale, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very similar. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, exactly. Tucker versus, Tucker Dale, versus Dale. Damn it. Yeah. That's the sequel. <laughs> it's the uh, WCW the match, uh, yeah. versus NWO version. Uh, <laughs> I, I was telling John with Sissy, I was like, I got like maybe 15 minutes in and I was like, I'm just too old for this. Uh, I should shut this off. Like, it's just, I'm just too old. Uh, and then I was so glad I kept watching because it was really enjoyable. I was all in on... Uh, on Deadstream, though, I, I got serious uh, Evil Dead vibes from it. And oh, sure. yeah, the practical effects yeah, and like sure. how grotesque it got and how like in that place it was. And I, I just mm-hmm. felt uh, a whole lot of Evil Dead from that. I, I liked, uh, liked yeah. that whole well, movie but, a lot. Yeah, he, I felt like he channeled like major Bruce Campbell vibes, like the amount yeah. of like abuse he puts himself through, like just getting thrown downstairs. And so like, much. Like, just like, so okay, much I love this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I checked out one film uh, that we're going to talk about, I guess, here in the next couple episodes, but our friends in Killer Pinata 2. Oh, yeah. uh, so Jamie and I did get a chance to watch that last night. It's not available and out in the world yet, but it will be soon. And very proud of everyone we know involved in that. Steven, Eliza, Ken. Our buddy Ken yeah. Sledge. So many people involved Dude. in that that we know in a variety of uh, different capacities, uh, mostly through this podcast. And yeah. 
just really cool to see a collaborative effort and it was a really really fun time and and great experience so very happy for Dude, for all of them smiling the entire time yeah. um and i had at least like three laugh out loud like belly laugh yeah, moments dude, yeah I had, like i the last time i smiled for that length of time right in one sitting i can't tell you so yeah and it, like uh, we yeah, can all say we can all say something's funny that you might have like <laughs> yeah <or> like <laughs> breathed a little heavier than you normally <laughs> do like yeah <laughs> but like yeah. i was like fucking belly laughing yeah. at, at parts so yeah. yeah well done i agree uh Steven, anything recent you want to touch on, man? Uh, yeah. Movie-wise? Uh, I, went, I visited the theater last <laughs> week. Uh, I went and saw the, the menu. The menu. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What'd you that think was you really good. Dude, it, I was hyped on that. that was, yeah. It really surprised me. Nice. Um, Been hearing a lot yeah, of really good. I don't know if any of you guys comments. have seen it yet. Uh, no, it's pretty fresh. No. But, but yeah, it was good. Uh, I almost don't even want to say much more about it just because yeah. it is so new and I, I'm sure you guys are itching to see it. But uh, no, I was just, I was happy with the storyline and like the different directions that they went with it and all the characters were super rad. Awesome. Was, so thumbs up on forward it. to that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. One of my buddies that went with me said it was his favorite horror film of 2022. Oh, so damn. He was like, man, he's like coming in late of the year. He's like, but I think this one takes the cake for me. So, whoa, yeah. Well, that's high praise. Seriously. Yeah, I, it, it's it's up there. I don't know. I don't know quite where to rank it in my 22, uh, 22 list, but it's good. I mean, there were a lot of good movies man, this year. What a great yeah. year for horror. Oh, hell Absolutely. yeah. It's probably going to be our last episode of the year. We're going to do a wrap of uh, probably our favorites of the year. But yeah. So much still good stuff. Still a few I need to see. I still need to see Pearl. Yeah, I did see Pearl, and I did not like it as much as X. Uh, I did like it a lot, but not as much as X. Totally different, right? Different movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally different movies. And it just shows you, like, Ty West is the real deal. So good. He can do what he wants. and he, I love him. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Me yep. too. He's, he's so good. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Like, X, I absolutely adored and loved. Loved X. Yeah. Um loved 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 um but pearl i really really liked a whole lot but just not as i'm much honestly as a little bit yeah. like concerned that i'm not gonna like it you know i'm doing that thing where i'm like hesitating yeah and yeah. you're hearing people like me talk about it too so you just gotta yeah. you gotta see it and form your own opinion yep. funny, i had the reverse uh effects for the i i mean i love both of them but i actually like pearl better uh pearl to me played out more like a like a tarantino film in a way i don't know i just felt huh. like as a film to me it felt like a stronger story but um but yeah all right let's keep rolling though you guys been buying anything like black friday just happened any any new pickups of any kind so i bought an xbox yeah so that's like the big and then um you know christmas is coming up so i'm not i haven't been spending too much on my own but you and i made a little bet today uh we were watching a football game and it was like the yeah. final drive i think it was the jets uh mike white is the quarterback who's like this yeah unknown kind of guy and uh it was like the final drive and i was like i think he's gonna do it i think he's gonna uh make the drive win the game and john was like no no way i was like Absolutely i was like all right not. well let's uh let's place a blu-ray on it so uh yeah. john won the bet because mike white blew it and uh Shocker. he wanted me to buy him girls night out i went to buy it it was like 27 bucks i was yeah. like fuck him i'm gonna buy him night of the comet on blu-ray so that's what i did <laughs> Uh, because it's cheaper and it's more relevant to our conversation tonight. So fuck you, John. You have Night of the Comet coming your way. I actually, what I said Thanks, was, Mike White. 
I said if he throws a pick, I get two. And he did throw a pick. So you get one. <laughs> you can't change the rules mid mid bet, buddy. What about you guys? Uh any pickups recently? Uh I'd say in the in the horror realm, we did a show um at the beginning of November. Um so usually when we do shows, uh it's always rad to go see all the different homies and, and whatnot and uh and I'm always constantly trying to like fill my room with different horror art and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I picked up some prints from from our new buddy, uh Chris Quilt Face Chris. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris Garofalo. Love Amazing him. dude. Yeah. Oh dude, he's he's the best. Insane. And, and they we, fit uh, so well in spots like I I'm pointing at my walls. I have <laughs> I have four, no one can see. Yeah, I have four Chris prints right here, and they fit in the best spots because they're very obscure sizes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So picked up an Evil Dead 2 print and a um gosh, what was the other one that I grabbed? because uh, there were so many that I wanted. Yeah. Um but yeah, grab grab some prints from him. Uh but yeah, anytime we go to a show I try to pick up some new art just because it's like yeah, you can never buy that, you know, elsewhere. And it's yep. always fun to chat it up with those guys, support them. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Lance? I can't. I don't, I, only thing I've really bought in recently is new pants. Um, I haven't really <laughs> bought much of <laughs> anything for, for myself. I, I, feel like I bought like a house that was built in the 40s. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so all of our money's funneled into renovating stuff, mm-hmm. so, but I do need new pants. Um, and so yeah. I got some new pants on Black Friday. So that was, that was sick. And hopefully they'll last a bit. <laughs> Usually I can go through one, one pair of pants a year and then I blow out the crotch and then it's over. So that's, that's my track record with pants. So I, I have to re-up, at, you know, at least once a year. But um, I haven't really bought anything. I mean, because, you know, when we make stuff, we take we take things. We, you know, like we'll take a shirt or something from yep. each drop that we do. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, I love this shirt, but I don't, I cannot, I, there's nowhere for me to put it. I, I, my drawer is so full yes. of shirts. I, like I've been eyeing uh studio house cody's uh green knight stuff i don't know if you guys have seen it all these green knight uh designs are incredible and i really want one but i'm like i just don't know where it would go yeah but maybe i'll do that soon but yeah very nice yeah. uh jamie bullied me into buying an xbox um as well after he <laughs> bought one so i actually Let's went be brothers right got one today so that's not horror related, but it will be when I start buying horror oh, yeah. video. Yeah, when games. you're playing Left yeah. for Dead with me or yeah. Back for Dead or whatever it's called. Yeah, I, my my youngest daughter. Um, so I guess this moves us into our family uh, oriented stuff. But my my youngest daughter has gotten like really. She's turning five on Tuesday, so I told her today I was like, "Happy birthday!" Yeah, she's uh getting older. So um, I told my my daughter today though was like we're gonna go get an xbox xbox for you for your birthday and my wife was like you sick fuck <laughs> this is for you not for her so um my wife uh bought it for me for uh for christmas um but we gave it to my daughter for her birthday kind of deal so uh, nice. we went and picked that up today and I actually brought jamie's son uh with us when we went and, and picked it up so i had the two younger ones and and he had the he and my sister had the two older ones, uh, which was fun. But uh, yeah, I went and did that too. Um, I did some shopping too on Black Friday. Um, picked up a couple shirts from Cavity Colors. Uh, we, you know, love that brand as well. So 
they had some stuff on sale, so I snagged a few things there. What'd you grab? Um uh so they had he had one uh like red shirt in the um red yeah it's red and the ca- it says cavity colors on it but it's in the uh the font from creep show oh so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cool so yeah i snagged one of those and i can't remember the other i think i bought a thing thing related t-shirt oh. just because uh you know winter is upon of us of course so. What about family stuff for you guys? Before we get into the episode, we'll we'll jump in here after we talk about family stuff. I don't know. I don't know that I have anything offhand. What do you mean? Uh, we've just been gearing up for Christmas. Well, I will say this. I told you that my youngest son has the mask collection. Oh, so yeah. they always want to play. Every single day, they want me to like chase them as some character. Um, it's lately it's been this. I don't know where they get this shit. You too, probably. But there's this game they keep wanting to play called Shrek in the Back Room, uh, which is just like this <laughs> Shrek in the Back Room. Shrek in the Back Room. Call the fucking police. Yes. So I have to run around <laughs> acting like I'm. On? <laughs> I have to run around acting like I'm Shrek. Uh, and there's no back room. It's all just the main. Oh, dude, I don't room. like the sound of this at all. Yeah. Well, so as I'm chasing them around the house, I'll go to like my. Your five-year-old room. son's yeah. fucking mask <laughs> collection uh and i'll pick a new mask and like they'll have no idea that i'm coming with this new mask on uh so they'll be like waiting for me to just you know show up and then i'll have like this fucking halloween kills mask or whatever that my five-year-old son has <laughs> screaming at the top of your lungs yeah, yeah. it's me shrek <laughs> just go run s- screaming and running through the house oh jesus right. i just yeah. love the idea of maybe you uh teaching your kid that Michael Myers is Shrek uh, and you're playing this really long con and then he's going to grow up one day and be like, I love those Shrek movies. Well, that was played by Mike Myers, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's oh, the full Holy circle. Shit. Yes, yeah. this is true. God damn, like every mind was circle. just blown. <laughs> Whoa. But you don't even have to lie. You yeah. yeah. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> Uh, what about you guys, man? Uh, Lance, anything family oriented? Um, so my my daughter, she's four, and she it, she loves like spooky stuff and witches and all, all that kind of stuff. And but when it gets to be nighttime and she's going to bed, she gets like all worried about that they're, they're going to come in the house. Um, I mean, we're in an old house. It's kind of it is kind of spooky uh, living in an old farmhouse. And so she's like, are the monsters, you know, dad, can you make sure that the monsters are gone? And so I'll go check the closet and I'll say, if anybody, if there's any monsters in here, it's time to go home. And then Maggie said, Maggie says, and tell them to go brush their teeth. And I was like, and brush your teeth and leave Maggie alone. So then I do that and I check under the bed and I say, if there's any monsters under here, it's time to go home and brush your teeth. And then she says, and go to bed. And then, yeah, and to go to bed. So then we're, we're sitting there and she, you know, she, call, I, I leave and she calls me back in and she says, dad, I think the witches are going to come in the house. And so instead of being like, you know, witches aren't real or, you know, those things don't exist or anything like that. I just kind of want to teach her rules like vampire rules and werewolf rules and witch rules and things like that. So I'll go through all these different rules about what what she has to do so like vampires can't come in unless you invite them and i'm not going to invite them and you're not going to invite them so they, they're going to be outside they can't come in the house and just kind of explaining through like the mythology of all the different monsters that she might be afraid of and it actually works pretty well and she's like oh yeah i know what to do now i'm not worried about it so yeah she has that, like an authority our yeah. nightly 
Yeah, and that's our nightly ritual is going through like the mythology of monsters and teaching her about the, you know, what do you do in those scenarios. So I feel like I'm I'm preparing her well for the eventual vampire apocalypse that's coming. Yeah. But um, Stephen, you got any rules or family stuff? <laughs> no rules. No, no rules. No rules. No. Like, no. I just give, I just give I just give my daughter a knife. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> that's right. Good luck. Carve your own rules. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, no, I had a I had a fun uh, you know meet a new dad moment, which I feel like we've all been in that scenario, whether it's at yeah. daycare or a birthday party or something like that. Um, My least favorite part like, of being a dad. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm like, we live, yeah. uh, you know, we live in the uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and so it is like it is a rural. It's like a small beach town. And it's Southern. So it's like, if you're an adult male here, the only thing you should be concerned about is fishing and salt life. And that's about it. Uh, (laughs) And I don't usually tick most of those boxes. So when I meet other dads here, it's always like, you know, like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, Oh, I, I, you know, I I work on a fishing trawler and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I'm a graphic designer and like, I don't know, computers, you know? And so it's always like awkward. And I'm like, well, you, you know, draw fish all day group. and you're like, Nope, Nope, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Nope. <laughs> no, I like to play disc golf. And they're like, well, that sounds dumb. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, so, Anyways. Yeah. So it's always, I don't always meet a lot of dudes that uh, have the same interests, you know, that I do. Uh, so I was over at my daughter, there's a newer family in our neighborhood and this was actually really like closer over to the summer, but they had a pool and she was going, she's like, there's this girl, she has a pool. I want to go over there. I got invited. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And this was like three days in a row. I'm like, okay, I have not met these people. Like they need to know that we're not just like letting our kid be babysat by them. So I go over and yeah. it's like, I got to meet, meet the parents and meet the dad. And you know, we're, it's like typical, like, yeah, I'm going to meet this guy. Like, I'm sure it's just going to be typical small talk. And, uh, Mm-hmm. he's asking what i do and he works like uh, uh in in kind of like the software world and uh and i was like oh i was like i'm a graphic designer he's like cool and i'm like all right sweet well like we already are on a better first step here and uh and, and get talking about my daughter's like oh my dad makes t-shirts have you ever heard of toxic coffin she always does that when we're in public she's like my dad's famous he does he does t-shirts for toxic coffin and i'm like that's sweet. Though. I, I, I love you, sweetie, but yeah. nobody knows what you're saying right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're this embarrassing like, oh, me. I love horror movies. Yeah. What's that? You're embarrassing me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah stop it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this guy's like, I love horror movies. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, and he's like, I love zombie movies. And I'm like, yeah, they're tight. And he's like, he's like, I really love Italian zombie movies. I'm like, all right, we're getting Whoa. Pretty specific. Niche in here. Fulci, yeah. like zombie, you know, the beyond. And I was yeah. just like, all right, all right, dude, we're going to be just fine. This is going to so, work yeah, so out. Yeah. New, uh, horror buddy that awesome. went like with super deep cuts on the first horror movie conversation. So I'm like, all right. So yeah, so we're uh, trying to get to a bunch of movies, especially now that Lance moved away. He's a traitor. So I, I had to <laughs> fill that void, which can't be filled. So no, that's sad. Yeah. Oh man! All right, so let me do a couple quick housekeeping things. Wait, gonna... what are you guys wearing? Oh shit! The most important thing. I'll tell you what I'm wearing. Yeah, my fright rag, Silent Night, Deadly Night tee. Oh, you dressed up for the occasion? Yeah, had to. Uh, it oh, turns yeah. out I was looking for my fucking Night of the Comet shirt that I bought from you guys uh, because that's also relevant to the conversation we're having. But I apparently I wore it in the past week, so uh, it's not clean. 
So Ooh, sorry, well, guys. See, I did a little bit better. I have my. Uh, oh, John, you're just a better, better fan. I also have better friends. So many toxic golf shirts, uh, but I have my my Stranger <laughs> Things uh, hand front and uh, flipped over. You know, ambulance back yep. uh, smoke tee, and this is probably one of my my favorite t-shirts ever. And uh, when I coach my littlest daughter's baseball games, I always have a toxic coffin shirt on because uh, typically the content you guys make. I actually wore that War Machine Fright Rag shirt one day, and my yeah. wife came up to me. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, what? And she was like, there's a half-naked woman on your shirt. It says War Machine. There's a dog. You got this Rumsfeld guy. And I was like, well, I didn't really think about it. She's like, they're four. And I was like, well, okay, I guess you have a little bit of a point. but." What about you guys? I'm wearing a Voss Dog shirt. It's uh, Explorer Inner Space. Voss uh, Dog is like one of the, our biggest inspirations for starting Toxic Coffin. Uh, it's one of like the first brands that I was like, oh, wow. I really want to wear those clothes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, between Toxic Coffin, Studio House, and Voss Dog is pretty much my entire wardrobe. Yeah. Um, yeah you can find me in a boss dog shirt for sure <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah. what about you steven uh i am shamelessly wearing one of our newer nope t-shirts awesome uh yeah it was a fun fun project it was probably the most it's definitely the most current film we've ever done uh and it we went and saw the movie and like in two weeks, we're like, all right, yep, doing this, like made a design, put it out. That was like the fastest, like turnaround just because that movie blew our mind. So, yeah, love that movie so, so much. Good. All right. So if you do want to check out uh, Toxic Coffin, please go to ToxicCoffin.com and buy some merch there. If you're feeling more like you want to buy a, a piece of Horror Dads merch, you can also do that at HorrorDads.com. However, our stuff is not as good as Toxic Coffins. No. Um, but they did inspire us to kind of do our own thing. So thank you both for that. Uh, you can find us on social media pretty much on all the platforms at Horror Dads. However, Instagram's really kind of our primary channel. Um, if you are inclined to uh, kind of let others find the show, please consider leaving a review for us. Five star goes a long way, helps others find the show in the algorithm. So uh, please consider that. Yeah, you can leave those on Spotify now too. Yes, you certainly can. That being said, uh, do you guys want to get married? You always have something like... Really- no, you fucked it up. No, it's but it's too like late. No. typically punny and <laughs> shitty no. when no, you it's say too late. It. No. Yeah, all right, fine. All right, so we're going to talk about six films here. So why don't we just volley back and forth? Um, sure. And we will let our guests go first. Yeah. So you guys want to... You want to pick your first film here? I'm cool with starting with Rare Export. Yeah, let's talk about that. There we go. We finally found something else than just playing rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. Storing what? We are standing on the biggest burial mound in the world. I know how to do it. So had both of you never seen it before? I had, I had seen it. I watched it last year for the first time. John had never seen it. 
Yeah, I watched it uh, for the first time two days ago, and I absolutely loved it. Like, mind blown. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you guys want to give a quick synopsis of the movie and kind of talk about why you picked it, why you like it? Sure. Um, so it's probably, I mean, other than movies like Black Christmas and, like, Gremlins, of course, is probably my favorite, like, uh, holiday horror movie. I had, when I first wow. saw it, uh, I had very similar reaction. My, my mind was blown. Like I, like I said before, I, mythology and lore-based stuff is my, my favorite genre. Um, and this has such a really cool take, like a, like a, you know, a, um, a revisionist mythology almost, where you're taking the myth of Santa Claus and building it out in this really interesting and uh, horrifying way. And so it takes place in um, on the border between Russia and fin- Finland, right? Is is that I I think I got that right. So they're they're on the border of Russian Russia and Finland, and on the Russia side, they're doing um, like uh, drilling and taking core samples of this big mound um, in the in the middle of the the frozen uh, tundra, and yeah. they are they're uncovering all this um, stuff that isn't supposed to be there. Like you wouldn't expect to find. And there's this, uh, you know, the, the myths of what this mound used, used to mean and what, what it was built for. And you have this crazy rich guy who has this ambition to find Santa Claus and find the real Santa Claus. And so he's, he's got this mining company that are drilling into this mountain to, because he thinks that's where Santa Claus is buried. Um, and there's a, you know, a little boy that's close by on the Finnish side of the, of the border and him and his family, they, um, you know, they, they live on in, in the tundra and they, they capture, um, they capture, uh, caribou and that's how they survive. And they export those that the meat and all that kind of stuff. So they're, they live off the land and they're with like a little group of, of little group of guys and they're in there. Um, and it's right around Christmas time and all this weird stuff starts happening around their little village. And, uh, yeah, I just love it. I mean, I love the way that it evolves. I love the way that it twists and turns and you don't, you think, you know, what, what the Santa Claus is and you think you understand like where the story is going. And it's more like a zombie esque type scenario, but then it just keeps evolving and getting crazier and crazier. Um, and it's got a really good heart. Like the heart of the film is really good. The, the main character, the little boy is awesome. He has like, you know, Macaulay Culkin finished vibes to me, but a little bit more <laughs> subdued. Um, is, um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love the little, the, the, the badass little kid who's smoking and being a bad influence to the to the other to the other little kid um yeah it's awesome i love it i love this movie it's one of the movies i watch every christmas because of how cool and interesting and uh yeah it's just endlessly surprising the way that they where they take it and what they do with it yeah man uh steven your thoughts on this uh yeah it it was red i saw it probably when it first came out was the first time i saw it uh I was living in Vermont at the time and there was one of those films that like before Lance and I lived together, uh, you know, when movies like this would come out, we'd just be like texting each other, like endlessly, like, have you seen this? And then, you know, I, I remember this one was one that we like talked about for a good long while. Um, 
yeah, I like, I love, I mean, I don't, I feel bad giving any kind of like spoilers or anything, but like, I like, I like how the film baits you into thinking like, like, you know, who is captured and what is yeah. happening. And yeah. then yeah. you find out it's entirely something else, you know, and, and whatever. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I just thought it was like, like Lance said, I mean, he kind of hit the nail in the coffin. Like it's, it's got a lot of heart, but it's also kind of spooky. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a killer, you know, foreign indie film for sure. So. Yeah. yeah and it's pretty, it's pretty like big film. Uh, if that makes sense, like for an independent film or for a, uh, sure. Lesser known film. It's a pretty like big film, you know? So, uh, it covers Especially a lot of the ground. End. Yeah. It has yeah. like Polar Express, like magnitude toward the <laughs> yeah, end. It right, does. Yeah. Like it has this culminating sort of yeah. thing where it gets very like joyous and fantastical. Yeah. You fantastical, know what I mean? Like yeah. it just gets like really hanging off the toy does. bag and yeah, it gets big. I, I'm with you. Pretty incredible movie. Uh, I remember I watched this just last year for the first time. I kept seeing like it mentioned, but I don't think it was streaming. So I just like never really hunted it down. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I found it streaming last year on Shutter or something. And I did like one of those like still laying in bed Sunday morning watches, which are amazing. Yeah. When the kids are like mm-hmm. still out of your hair. Um, you wake up uncomfortably early on like a Sunday at like 7 a.m. And it's like, well, I'll just watch this movie. What do I do? Seen. I've got 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. but it was incredible. Um, yeah. I remember the kids came in like right towards the end and I was like, oh, God damn it. I was so close. Yeah. Uh, but yeah great one yeah i i agree with you guys it i i do think um the tone it's incredibly like somber and uh very like rooted in this they bring you immediately in you're like you're a part of this like little sub community of these people that live off the land and you're like man this is this is life here you know yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. drab and it's sad and they allude to this like family fracture of the mom not being a part like when they're that scene Which is really they're, sad yeah they're they're doing the thing with the gingerbread and he's like hey this is really good and oh god it's so sad and he yeah. basically sends him to bed and the dad's kind of a prick uh, that whole that whole scene really rattled me but yeah. um it it feeds into the arc of the whole story um in a productive way For right sure. so it's not like yep. they're just they're not just wedging in these character traits that don't have purpose it's it's part of a more grand scheme mm-hmm. which i think is really tasteful and, and nicely done which is part of what makes the movie so great it yeah. all kind of comes full circle and you're like oh i see now yeah it's a very fulfilling experience yep and even um like every character has its its part uh he's got the friend yeah with the fucking glasses and he kind of looks like santa a little bit and he's the quote-unquote like comic relief i guess uh, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of comedy no, in this movie. Not very much levity. Yeah. Uh, but he is, I guess, supposed to be the levity, um, the Eastern European form of levity, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, really, really good, good movie. I really like this a lot. I'm so glad I got a a chance to check it out for the first time. Great pick. Let's uh let's head to one of Jamie and I's. So Jamie, which one do you want to go with, man? Let's do uh, let's start heavy. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're we're heading to 1984, which was the year of of uh, Jamie's the year of our Lord. Jamie's wife was born this year. My sister yes. was born this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go with the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh. Was the night before Christmas, when all through the house 
Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. This was directed by Charles E. Sillier, right? Starring Junior. Junior, yeah. yeah. Not, the, not senior. No. Nope. Uh, the son. Um, so we've got Tony Nero, Gilmer McCormick, Lillian Chavin, and uh, this is about little Billy, who sees his parents getting killed Poor by Santa. Billy. Ugh. And that scene is Ugh. very it's the traumatic. worst part of the movie, honestly. It is the worst part yeah. of the movie. So talking yeah. about levity, <laughs> talking about levity. Ugh. Uh, the very intro of this film, there is not much of any levity happening no, no. at all. Um, so little Billy literally with the rest of us is getting really messed up by what he sees, uh, Santa ripping off his mom's top and just really, it's very upsetting scene, just very upsetting. And the whole sequence of his interaction with his grandpa, like just, it's really upsetting. Yeah. And his, his beginning is upsetting. His grandpa actually looks like. Smanta Smalls. You know what I mean? Like he he's fucking yeah. basically Santa. Um but uh his senile grandpa basically says, like, hey, Santa will punish those who are naughty. Then punish. Punish becomes yeah. the only word he knows mm-hmm. as he gets older. But he lives yeah. through the orphanage and whatnot, but um this movie's straight up vibe to me. Uh, for the most part, it's funny. It's not, not too serious. Uh, the store he works in is everything. Iris Toys. Dude, Iris yeah. Toys. It's the best. Uh, the way it looks from the outside, the way it looks inside, the people that work there, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. I'll quit my yeah. job today, go work at Iris. The montage, it's the best. Mr. Sims, who works there. Yeah. Let's get shit faced when he locks the door after <laughs> everybody leaves. Taking a claw hammer to the head. <laughs> Oh, man. But even that dude, like Mr. Sims, like he feels to me like a person who's in his early, mid, late 50s that's legit been working at a store like that his whole life. Like I straight up think that they were just walking down there like, hey, man, uh, do you want to star in this movie and just be yourself, please? Um, Totally. You buy it. Right. And uh, it's great. Yeah. It's like he's in his 50s and like this. Iris is his identity, right? Like that's all he really knows is working at this store. Seriously. Yeah. Uh Steven, what's your do you have a relationship with this movie before I ask you what your relationship oh, yeah. is? I I feel like I saw this one. This was one of those films that I when I was like trying to go through like the the canon of like slasher films, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um I think I watched this even like not the first time I watched it, I think I watched it like not even near Christmas. Like in April. Um, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But I was, you know, I'd always seen it like highly regarded, and uh, it's like a really mean film, which is Real you know, mean. like if you love slashers, which I do, like it like checks all the boxes, and it's it's like mean and sleazy, um, and I love that you just know who he is throughout the whole film. Like it's not like a oh who's gonna be the, like there's no reveal. You no, just who know, done like, it? Yeah, <laughs> you know he's he's snapped and he's just like going going on this killing spree it uh, plays yeah, no, so mean like, you're right that's a a good way to, to describe it it's it's fun and self-aware but it's definitely like they don't shy away from it's way more fun after you've seen it once because like that first sure. time is yeah. like 
I thought this shocking. was supposed to be fun. Yeah. Well, don't. So, I heard the horror dads talking about this movie like it was a good time, and this is not a good time. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, it's a gross film. It's pretty sleazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty sleazy. It is. <laughs> this movie the is whole mother sub- superior dynamic too. Like, oh no, no, poor Billy was fucked. That like, not only did he have to witness uh, the horrific incident that he did at the beginning, but then you have Mother Superior who treats him like shit, and you know it's like. Uh-huh. Uh, Poor guy had a bad rep. Just wanted to drink his milk in peace at Ira's, you know? Can we talk about that, though, real quick? <laughs> yeah. The scene. So, yeah. Jamie and I always talk about the montage scene um, and Rest. how they use, they try to use like so much body acting in this movie where uh, they unveil the banner, right? It's like, it says like Merry Christmas and then it gets to the very end and then like the Santa face, like it's the last like pixelated print on the banner. And then they show uh-huh. Billy, and he's like, he's like, doing that face, like, Ugh, my Santa. my brain, my brain can't gra- yeah. grapple with this. Uh, um, but also, all, all the like, I was just say all of that, and like the one liners whenever he's like about to kill anybody, just like the like punish, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like the best ever. But it just brings. I love uh, the eighties. Having to it. this this time of year, like around the holidays, yeah, this is such a comfort to have access to time and time again. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. And I, I, if I don't know what to do in that moment, like I'll just put this movie on and just have yep. it on. It's a nice comfort to have. We did a uh, Patreon episode last year where we watched through all five. Oh, we, um, we ranked them because yeah. they were streaming. Yeah, that was an experience. That was a long week. <laughs> that was a really long week. <laughs> It's quite a I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen the rest of them. I don't oh, know. yeah. Well. Not sure I'm ready for that journey. I don't know that anyone is, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one you have to buckle up for, for sure. But, uh, Lance, any thoughts on Silent Night, Deadly Night before we head to our uh, next film? Yeah, this one actually is a tough one for me. Just because I, like, empathize with the trauma that he goes through throughout his entire life and then he snaps and like there's I don't know so I just feel like I'm watching it I just feel terrible for the guy throughout everything that happens to him through his life and like why he ends up doing what he does so it's actually it's very interesting like I haven't I guess whatever the context was that I watched it for the first time it like set it in my mind in this like really tragic way so it has like this very interesting like hue over it for me where I'm like man this, it sucks for this guy and he, he you know, everything yeah. that happens to him throughout his life. And, uh, like it, you know, for, I don't know, with any other slasher, I don't have the same level of empathy that I guess I do for him, uh, you know, as he, as he develops. And so it's, it's very real the way that it all plays out, even though, it, even though it gets kind of, you know, ridiculous throughout the, the whole, the whole thing. But, um, there's, yeah, I found myself being very empathetic towards him in a, a specific way. Well, we're going to go to another very dark spot um, on on one of your picks. Is where where do you guys want to head next? Yeah. Is that a good uh, is that a good segue, or do we want to do that one last? Sure. Uh, I feel like we should. I mean, we're already talking about slashers, so I feel like we should segue into Black Christmas for sure. All right, let's do um, it.
All right, so your number two is Black Christmas, yes, from 1974, yeah. 10 years prior. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. I mean, it's uh I mean, it's it's funny like it's a slasher, but in the grand scheme of things compared to like Black Christmas, like I don't, I don't know, it's probably got half the kills that, you know, Silent Night Deadly Night has. Uh but the atmosphere in this movie and and kind of like setting the bar for what slashers are, like it's and it's almost dense, like man. I'd love this one too because I feel like uh it like almost feels more like a giallo, you know, like a, mm-hmm. like a Christmas giallo, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Um, so, and, and a great ending. Like I love the ending of this film. Oh, uh, dude, It's so haunting, but um, uh-huh. you guys know, Bob Clark directed this movie and he also directed a Christmas story. Um, uh, yep. is, I never knew that. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> think, think of that sentence. Like for those listening that did not know that, <laughs> a Christmas story, which is that movie all, on twenty four hours a day on Christmas Day, was directed by uh-huh. the same human being that did Black Christmas, which is like that's insane. It's pretty amazing, actually. It's ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know that he was probably like for well, twenty made, years was like. Oh, well, he made Black Christmas myself. before. He would have had to make that because. Uh, a Christmas story is what 80s? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, definitely 80s. Yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of funny because I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna make something nice now. Yeah, <laughs> he know. was he was probably reflecting for all those years. He probably had like family members like, you're fucked up, Bob. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna redeem myself. His dad's like, you're not coming to Christmas dinner till you make a different movie, prick. <laughs> It's going to be Christmas themed too. <laughs> yeah. It's just wild that, that one dude made like the iconic, or at least for me, like the iconic horror Christmas movie. And then uh, the iconic Christmas movie. It's very interesting that the same dude made the same, like did, did it twice in yeah, two different yeah. genres, which is really cool. Yeah. In two completely different ways. So uh Christmas story was, what does this say? 80, 83. Yeah. 83. Yeah. So almost 10 years later, just shy. That's so funny. But yeah. But yeah. Black Christmas, Black Christmas is, is one of my favorites, not just of like a holiday, but just like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Anyway, yeah. just like when, I don't know if you guys ever watched this, but the back in the day, um, when IFC, the, the channel um, was on, like in its infancy, they did this series of like top 10 or top a hundred scariest movie moments. And Shutter just did it like a, a revamp of it. Cool too. But they did this, you know, this segment, you know, like it was very much back at when like everything on TV was like, you know, the top 10 most this or whatever, but yeah. they did like a hundred movie moments and it's where I got like learned about a lot of different horror movies that I'd never heard of. And I remember like black Christmas sticking out specifically with like the, one of the scariest movie moments of all time kind of thing. And so it made it like stuck in my head as like this really intense movie to, to find and watch back before it was easy to do that. And so I, I mean, I love, I love the atmosphere of this movie. I love the, the disbelief of everyone around them that something's going wrong. I love the claustrophobic nature of the way that like, uh, of all the kills within the house and everything like that. 
I, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I, yeah, the whole dynamic, like the, the sorority house is, is really cool. All the characters in the, in the house really work well together. I, you know, it feels super believable and really interesting. So yeah, it's one of my, one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, man. And the, the police presence in it too, that's supposed to be like the place you go for comfort and reassurance Mm -hmm. and support. Mm -hmm. And, um, the way that they're able to like tease that one, like, rookie police officer like Felicio 09 or whatever they mm-hmm. keep saying to him and he's like uh like the bumbling like sort of presence and then you also have like the John Saxon character mm-hmm. um same dude from Nightmare on Elm Street who's uh kind of like the more seasoned kind of veteran cop um I love that that dynamic and then also just that image I dare anyone to tell me of a more prominent image in their mind than that that rocking chair rocking with the bag over the head. Like it's so my God, so haunting and the use of the phone. Um, Uh when the phone rings in this movie, it literally is like 10 decibels above any other sound that's happening on the screen. It's like so piercing and loud and you're conditioned to feel fear every single time that happens. Um, but yeah, the, the kills in this movie are insane. The, yeah, the ornament, the uh, unicorn, the unicorn or whatever. God, man, like such, just like the <laughs> the unicorn, the iconography, like it's insane. <laughs> like you can think of what as a as a, a graphic designer, like when you think of like the properties that you could riff on related to to something like this movie has so many different totally. parts that are like, oh yeah, that's prominent, that's prominent, that's prominent. Like there's so much of that in this movie. Um, I mean, vi- yeah, visually the film is like, uh, it, it's so bold and stylized too. Cause like, oh, yeah. you know, you have like the scenes where like the, you know, you, you see the killer is killing somebody, but you can't make out the face. So he's in shadow, but you can see an eye, you know, like yeah. it has that like really like, you know, it's, it's the difference of like, I feel like films from the seventies, like bleeding into the eighties, like the eighties, they just show you everything and they're, you know, not afraid to like you know, just like make it like over the top. Whereas like, I felt like, you know, late seventies films or like whatever, you know, had, well, weren't afraid to like hide things and make you fear it, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like that's what this movie does to the, to a perfect, you know, amount. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Let's head to our, uh, our next pick here, Jamie. Yeah. What do you want to go to 2015 or no, let's go chronological. Okay. So we'll stay in, uh, we have two films from 1984 that we're picking. And, uh, the last film of your set is also going to be from the same year, but, uh, our next film also from 1984 directed by one of our favorite directors of all time, Joe Dante. Yes, Joe, you can be on the show. We have room for you. We have space. We know you're listening, but, uh, we're going to talk about gremlins. Steven Spielberg presents gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift... (laughs) he ever got what is it no it's your new pet come on barney be a good dog my dad gave it to me 
But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. Hell yeah. Also written by Ooh. someone else that we love, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. Genius Chris Columbus. Love him. He did the screenplay for Goonies, I think, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but he directed uh, the first two Harry Potter movies. Um, Home Alone. Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah, he is. Uh, so, yeah, we got Chris Columbus and uh, big team here. Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, Hoyt Axton. Uh, and this is obviously, for those that haven't seen it. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. How could you forget? Yeah. But a young man inadvertently breaks three important rules. Uh, we were talking about the importance of rules and framework in film um, and in life, as Lance was explaining to his, uh, to his youngest daughter. But uh, he breaks these three impor- important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of uh, pretty mischievous creatures <laughs> yeah. on a small town. Also, the town has to be pissed. And I feel like after this whole film shakes out, no one's acknowledging, like, you fucking ruined everything, guys. And you blew up the movie theater. And you're getting a bill in the mail. That, or you're going to prison forever. <laughs> like, yeah. one of those. Yeah. I mean, bill, the entire town so, is fucked. Something. Might as well level it. Yeah. They really uh, ruin things. But I absolutely love this, this movie. And when it comes mm. to, like, when you think of holiday horror, the introduction. The way the right. town looks, the, the, the song the that town kicks is in. The, like, I will live there right now. His car being like totally snowed in. He yeah. can't get it started. And he's got to run to uh, work with his golden retriever. And like, you've got the garbage man from the Burbs like yeah, yeah. complaining about foreign car. Like, God, just like I, I'm holding my chest with such affection and love. And um, just I, I, I feel so strongly toward all of how this movie feels and, and looks. Uh, it's humble. It's good-natured. The re- relationship that, uh, that he has with his dad as well as with his love interest, um, everyone in the town, even the way the asshole woman at the bank, like, oh, yeah, you feel so much affection toward this main character because he's just, like, a good guy, a good kid, um, and the town is absolutely amazing. I mean, I want to just live there. I want to go to that bank. And deal with that crabby old winch. Um, winch? I want to go to the... Totally the wrong <laughs> word there. Uh, I want to go to gonna the... Going to winch her out of the mud? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like a tow truck. Uh, and then I want to go to that bar really bad. Oh, dude. Yeah. Have a martini with Judge Reinhold and then have a, a fucking schlitz with our buddy from the Burbs. Come on, we're talking cable. <laughs> when he's like, you haven't <laughs> seen my prick. new apartment. That guy's a prick. In which he says, I haven't seen your old apartment. Like, that's honestly, I cheer every time I, I see that happen. I'm I like, love that. It's a little zinger. I have two daughters, and I hope they say the same thing yep. to pricks like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I got to share that movie finally with my daughter. Oh, uh, nice. What'd she think, uh, man? This what past you- year. Well, she loved it. She actually, she was super into it. I mean, I feel like pop culture wise, I mean, gremlins and a mogwai are on so many things in stores that she's always been like what is that what oh, is sure. that you know and so i'm like oh, i want and i almost it's funny because like you know i'd seen it a whole bunch of times and i was like well you know she's getting older like i think this is like tame enough for her um and then i was like 
I just had this like suspicion. I was like, I, I feel like I remember a scene or something like that. Cause it definitely spoils uh, the whole Santa Claus thing in this. Oh, like, oh shit. And so I was like, I was like, Oh no, like I almost like put this on, but I'm glad I really looked it up. Um, so, so I held off for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, actually, uh, spring was when she approached us and asked us the big, uh, is Santa Claus real question. And so, you know, we, we had, had a very good, healthy discussion. She handled it really well. Uh, and then immediately I was like, hey, you know what this means? Though? Like, <laughs> this is great. You can see gremlins now. And she's like, really? <laughs> you know, so we, let's we watch, it watch it now. <laughs> we watched it in spring, like, you know, a, a week after and she was, she was hyped. Yeah. So, Apparently in the uh, original script, uh, it's pretty much darker. The mother gets decapitated, uh, the dog gets eaten, and uh, Gizmo actually turns into Stripe. Really? Yeah, in the original. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'd like to read that original script. Yeah. It sounds pretty uh, interesting. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in on that too, you know? Yeah, what Steven Spielberg wanted to make sure that Gizmo made it to the end and, like, helped him at the end. Instead of like ter- being, you know, turning into a, the, I guess the bad guy, which was a good unquote. choice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. De- I mean, you know, Steven Spielberg understands the 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 development and arc of a character, and who like how do you build like a buddy team, and how you maintain a good um, core group of heroes, kind of thing, and you got to have your helper hero people, and yeah, so he yeah he nailed it, of course. Yeah. And, I think- uh, yeah, this movie it it was one of those movies that I never saw as a kid. I don't I don't know how huh. wh- whether my mom didn't want me to watch it or whatever it was, but it was one of those movies I never saw when I was growing up. So I but it was definitely like Stephen said, it's such a pop culture thing that sure. I knew exactly what Gremlins were. I knew what they looked like. I knew what their names were. I knew everything about it, other than the fact that I'd never actually seen the the movie myself. And so I mean, I watched it when I was when I was older, and I. And I, I don't, it's, it's one of those things, one of those movies that you feel even more appreciative that you got to wait. Like, I, you know, either you have the nostalgia for the movie and like it brings you back or you have this, like this ability to see the movie for like what it is, you know, where you are. And I, I mean, I loved it, you know, the first time I saw it and it's such a fun movie. The characters are super lovable, just like in, you know, with most Steven Spielberg stuff and the, you're able to, I don't know, you fall in love with everybody in it. Like you love the, you love the bad gremlins. You love everybody else in the movie. It's yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I love the, the crotchety old man that explains the lore of the gremlins. Like yeah, they, yeah. you know, use them to fight in world war two and like this, this crazy stuff. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like, I love, I love all of that. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a very iconic movie and you know, it's definitely screams Christmas and, and just, it's very fun. It's just a super fun movie. So yeah, dude, so fun. Yeah. And another thing about Spielberg is I think he really understands marketability and uh, mm-hmm. that's why Gizmo had to stay good Gizmo, you know? Stay, yeah. Stay kind. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we went, it was years ago before uh, your sister and I got married, John, I remember we all went and picked out a family tree for your family at this house back before you lived here. And, uh, your stepmom and I like sat on the couch after setting up the tree and watched gremlins cause she had never seen it in completion and it happened to oh, be on. Man. 
It was a great memory that I have. Thanks for having that memory without me in this house. Yeah. She actually tried <laughs> to shut it off at one point. Yeah. She like tried to turn it because you know how your stepmom gets yeah. bored with stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, could you please go back to that? Because, roll that uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> not sure what uh, the and fuck you think you're doing. Oh, can, we have a, can, we have a side, can we have a side note and just wonder why uh, Judge Reinhold didn't have a daytime TV where he was actually a judge and get to be... <laughs> Like a daytime like Judge Joe, Judge Joe Mathis level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's his name. I mean, we could have totally worked that in. I would have totally watched uh, yeah. that. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Big yep. time. Judgey Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Seriously. Yep. Also, I remember uh always wishing my dad was like the dad in this movie. Or I just had like obsession with like uh like the eighties and nineties dads that were like wannabe inventors. Traveling and I just, salesman. Like, oh, me too. I was like, what the hell? Why can't I have all this cool shit that doesn't work in my house? Like yeah. this is the coolest thing you could ever do in life. Yeah. And sure. it's like these these dads are supposed to actually be like, you know, they're trying really hard, but they just, you know, they're not gonna make their big break, you know, like honey, I shrunk the kids and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I always I was wish- like, no, I want that dad. That dad's rad. Be so <laughs> yeah. Cool. You would yeah, you'd think that everybody had like a Rule Goldberg machine to wake them up in the morning, like like a marble falls from the ceiling that starts this cascade of events to wake you up when you could just have an alarm clock. You're like, yeah, uh, I definitely had the same exact thought. I was like, what? Like, I really thought I'd meet more inventors in my life based off of the '80s movies. I sure, saw. yeah. <laughs> they, they like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, even when he's got like all yeah, that, yeah. like brushing his teeth and shit. So you're telling me Inspector Gadget is not real. <laughs> but I always wanted my dad to be like the dad in Goonies, where like he runs a museum and just has an attic full of cool, like secretive shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we all thought our dad was like R.L. Stein right, growing yeah. up. And it's like, fuck, my dad works for Pepsi? What? <laughs> this is lame. Also, my dad did not work for Pepsi. I was going to say, so your just, dad absolutely did not so work for fucking Pepsi. I said that. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got all that free Pepsi though, so that was tight. That was yeah. cool, yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas, let's head to uh your last film here. Well, last one. For 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 them, and then we've got one more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if I can add one thing too to Gremlins that I thought like was also made me super hyped just showing it to my daughter. You know, she saw it when she was nine. But I loved she got so into it with like the gremlins, like destroying the town, like, like mad at them, like legit, like they, they're just being menaces. Like, yes. and I was like, they are, are. Like, yeah. like, you know, cause we kind of talked about this earlier, like kids watching our kids seeing stuff that's older and it doesn't really like connect with them, yeah. you know, like eighties movies, but like she loved this movie just as much as she loved watching like ghostbusters. Like yeah. it didn't matter what, you know, the era it was that it was filmed in. Like it, it just shows you the power of like a truly like timeless film, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, yep. And so, but it was just awesome to like watch her a hundred percent. Like, just like, she's pissed off at all these, like, like they're making such a mess. Like I'm, they're going to get a bill here or be in prison. Yes, (laughs) very much so. I mean, just let her know I had the same response and still do all these years (laughs) later. It's like, there should be some repercussion here. Um, oh, yeah. All right, well, let's stay in the golden year. Where are you guys heading for your last? This is a very 
relevant pick uh, for why we're even all in the same space right now, I think, because uh, I think this was the movie that brought us all together. But what's your uh, your last film? Uh, we're going to talk about Night of the Comet. Samantha? What? <gasps> God, what are you trying to do? Give me a heart attack? What's happening? Oh, yeah, I guess you are a little confused. I'll go to pep squad practice and split after. Except I don't know if pep squad practice is on or not. You can't get anybody on the phones. There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. Which is, uh, I wouldn't say most people associate it with a Christmas film, but uh, it takes place on Christmas and it is a Christmas film. So we just kind of wanted to talk about it just because it's it's super different and not something everybody would think of. Uh and, you know, because it takes place like in Los Angeles. So there's not any kind of like ounce of like snow or typical Christmas cheer other than like decorations and, and whatnot of the different, you know, like stores and, mm, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just like a crazy, awesome 80s John Hughes-esque uh, sci-fi horror film that uh, more people should talk about if they haven't. So mm, absolutely. So this was directed by Tom Eberhardt, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Starring Catherine Mary Stewart, Kelly Maroney, Robert Beltran. Mm, I love those two. Oh, and Kelly Maroney um, has a toxic coffin shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. She uh, she hit us up on Facebook, uh, sent us a message, and was like super sweet. Like, hi, my name's Kelly. And we're like, we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was, you know, wanting to get a shirt and wanted to know how she could order one. Um, and and then was like, you know, my my husband, he doesn't usually get stuff. And we're like, we're going to send you shirts. Yeah. Like, don't you worry. Like, please just let us know where we need to send it to. Every size uh, and every address. Yeah, exactly. They're we're coming. extremely grateful yeah. that, you know, like you even would reach out to us. We're like completely like just blown away to be having this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, so we sent her stuff, and she's just so sweet. Um, and actually, Catherine Mary Stewart has shirt too. Um, her one of her agents put in an order for us uh, through us, and uh, was like, "Yeah, like we're super psyched on it." Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's cool amazing. to think yeah, that, incredible. like, oh wow, so we made this shirt that has both of them on it, and now they both have the shirt. Weird, small world. So yeah. What I love about this movie, uh, I guess because it's not like steeped in snow and shit is like, you can watch it anytime. Um, but oh, yeah. Christmas, it holds like a special place, but yeah, no, I just love this movie so much. And this is one of the yeah. rare movies, but John and I, um, are so like seasonal with movies that we watch. And this is one of the rare instances where I can watch this, you know, round year round. Yeah. I have very few films I'm willing to like do that with just because I'm, like especially after doing this for so many years yeah. like we get very formulaic about things and it's like no well it's not uh that month hasn't hit yet i can't put this on well the reason i think we do that is because it keeps it fresh yeah uh, because if you can watch it anytime it kind of loses it loses its you know yeah luster specialness this movie doesn't though and it's no it's so it's so good um so as steven alluded to this is about uh a comet that kind of wipes pretty much everybody out. You know, you've got your, your main protagonist who's 
spending the evening up in a projection room, which, by the way, like you think of places as like film and horror nerds like we are, you think of like a sacred place, a place that gives you like solace and inspiration and comfort. And like that's a projection room, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. one of those locations. If you're to list off 10, like that's certainly on the list of a place where it's like any film buff especially horror um here's like projection room and you're like i'm in yeah uh so that was obviously a safe place for this uh occurrence i guess um any steel steel building yeah 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 that was pretty much it but uh yeah it it turns into basically like two valley girls being left to fight um these uh cannibal kind of zombies that come through and not only do you have to deal with zombies, but you've got like these really, really pricky, uh, like eighties prick scientist guys with with sunglasses and Uzis, right? <laughs> so yeah. you gotta deal with that too. Uh but this movie's riddled with fun. It's like a mixture, um, an amalgamation of like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. It's got that like eighties sort of like adventure sure. to it, um, mm-hmm. but compounded by like a traditional sort of zombie film. And just your your standard like eighties kind of attitude and attire and vibe and feel and dress and um the fact that you know we we did talk a lot about setting here and how it doesn't feel uh necessarily the traditional sense of Christmassy but uh the yeah. retail environment like being in that mall um oh, God and the damn. montage scene in the mall like dude just get the, me in there the setting of this whole thing they they so well capture places that give you comfort like the projection room like the mall the, um, the radio studio is my oh, absolute dude, favorite oh you know, my like god get me yeah. in that radio oh studio my god, dude i'd sleep in a bunk bed in that radio studio with you dude if you that honest that's to god in there if we yeah. never like had wives or kids or anything and you're like hey man um i know you just bought that house but you want to like just bunk out in the radio station with me like we'll just do bunk beds <laughs> Rents $5,000 an hour. I'd be like, yeah, dude, I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool. I'm in. Let's do it. Or we could just build a replica studio in the back, <laughs> like a shed. Uh, but yeah, this movie for sure is comfort. Um, and it, it screams 80s for a million different reasons. And it's just, it's excellent. In this, uh, yeah, this is one of, this is one of those movies that we, uh, that we like, like with Fright Night, it was right around the same time that we, you know, found it and fell in love with it. So it was like, has that, that same glow that we that we have with Fright Night and we have with a lot of other movies. And it was why it's one of it was one of the first shirts we ever did, one of the first designs we ever did. And it, it just had such a special, such a fun movie, such such a surprising gem to find. You know, when you feel like you've seen everything and then you find that movie, it feels like, you know, where has this been my whole life? Yeah. It's such a good it's such an amazing such good, sensation. Makes, yeah. Makes you feel makes you feel good. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. Everything about it is awesome. So neither of you grew up with this movie? No. No. Yeah. Oh, at least I didn't know. That's no. amazing. Um, I love knowing that like these movies still resonate with people, even seeing them 20 years later, you know? Um, I grew up with this one. This was, um, so I would have been three when this came out, but my parents had like, I don't know if you guys remember growing up, like my parents always had like the VHSs with like three or four movies that they recorded off HBO or something. And they were always like mm-hmm. handwritten in pencil. Dude, I've, got, I've got so many yes. over there in a box. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there was one with, I, it was probably like Rocky. 
and then uh, Night of the Comet on there and something else, you know, like Predator or something. And uh, sure. I just remember always watching this. Like we had this, uh, my stepdad had this creepy van, uh, but like in the back, <laughs> he had like a VHS player with a TV hooked up. And I would always like, if we were driving to like my grandma's, which is like a 45 minute drive, I would always put in Night of the Comet. I have to like rewind it. That's creepy, and, man. Uh, I just re- always remember like being oh, so scared. Fuck, I'm by on the... one life to live again. Yeah. <laughs> I got to fast forward here. Uh, yeah. But the scene when she's coming out of the theater for the first time and that like uh, the guy's got the red beanie on and the wrench, that uh, fucking mm-hmm. red, like that guy scared the shit out of me. Like it was like a, it, it's so funny because um, I, I just found it again, like probably in the past, like probably around the same time that you guys saw it. Uh, I, I just always racked my brain for like 20 years. Like, man, what was that movie with like the guy with the wrench? What was that? Yeah. Uh, and then once it like resurfaced, I was like, holy shit, this is the one. And like being able to watch it again was just so fucking fun. I still and- have uh, unresolved fragments of those yeah. in my mind yeah, yeah. from other stuff. You know what I mean? That you still have, probably haven't rediscovered. And it's yeah. going to be one of those things where it's like. I guess you have to like get ketamine treatments or something to figure out what they are. Like there's like Doesn't a way you crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, especially it's like, now when you feel like you've seen so much and we have like the knowledge we have yeah. of nerds yeah. and loving horror that you're and We have the internet at our you know fingertips and it's like, how have I not figured this out? And then you start thinking like, am I, are these just like made up memories that, yeah. you know, like, like a mandala effect kind of thing. Sure. So our, our buddies in, um, Alone in the Dark podcast always talk about seeing the TV release version, I think, of the original Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how it had different scenes. And they were doing that thing where they were like, I've seen this movie like 7,000 fucking times. And this memory I have is not represented here. What's going on? Yeah. And then they found out later in life, like, oh, there's a television uh, release version that had additional scenes. Um, But they went, you know. 12 years thinking like, Oh, I, I guess I made that sure. scene up. I had in my brain, uh, that never happened. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to mention about this movie is the soundtrack. Just so fucking good. I'll listen to the soundtrack on my own. Uh, like a total nerd. Yeah. Uh, and the kids are like, Hey, uh, dad, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> like no yeah. dance, you little pricks. <laughs> just want to don't ask questions. Just dance. Don't ask questions. They actually, they actually and love dance. it. And like when they hear it, they actually do dance. How, I mean, how can you yeah. not? I mean, this, this movie and the, everything about it is perfect. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank one you. of the things too, you touched about it, like being scary, you know, like as a kid, like being afraid of the zombies and it's like, it has some insane, like practical effects and stuff. And like the whole zombie part is, I feel like visually the movie focuses on that, but then like, the more that I've watched it and like you get into like the third act and you, you learn that like they're, 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 you know, collecting all the children that haven't been uh, affected by the comet. And you find out they're basically like harvesting their blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're at completely disposable. They're killing the kids yeah. to take their blood to save themselves. And I'm like, this is super Very dark. dark. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, what's the scariest thing about For that sure. movie. You just kind of like glance over that really, really, really like quickly. I just want to say, guys, great fucking pick. Love that oh. movie. Um, and that's a, it's funny because that's a movie that, like I said, drew me to your guys' brand. So it all comes for so full circle. All right, let's head to our last movie. So yeah. th- <laughs> this is the most recent of them, I guess. We did not intend to go chronologically, but here we are. Uh, but this is a film from 2015 
by multiple directors, uh, Grant Harvey, Stephen Hoban, and Brett Sullivan. This is a Christmas horror story. Christmas. Christmas. The most magical time of year. Now tell me we will find the perfect Christmas tree. It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition. Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit. But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different. Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime. So this is a, a good one. It's an anthology film. And mm-hmm. um, Jamie, I feel like we've been watching this movie for a few years now. Yeah. But, you know, you've got William Shatner in this kind of emceeing the whole thing um, from a radio broadcast perspective. So Getting drunker by the second. Yeah, it's fun. So, <laughs> yeah. like, you get, like, brought, like, into the studio. It's kind of like the Tara Reid urban legend kind of environment, but with yeah. William Shatner. So it's like, okay, this is better. Like, it's going to be more formulaic it's going to be more organized he does a hilarious job but um even in that environment like the whole like even him getting drunk you start to feel uncomfortable yeah and you're like watching you're like oh please don't say something shitty that's a little too much eggnog william um and he keeps talking about uh what's her name like in the studio that's helping him out and like oh yeah uh he keeps mentioning her name oh sarah keeps me in check or whatever her name is (laughs) um like that that just keeps happening throughout the course of the the, the movie. But um, as I mentioned, this isn't a, an anthology film. So you've got a, a few different interwoven stories that take place uh, all on Christmas Eve. And they're told by this radio host. So he's kind of like your crypt keeper uh, throughout the course of the uh, of the film. But you uh, you have a changeling kind of story, um, which to me is kind of the spookiest one. You've got a student documentary story happening and then you also have um this family this well-to-do family with kind of like prick kids uh storyline happening and then you also have santa and his elves uh with this like kind of ongoing underlying uh sort of story so and the the thing about this one is like they're not just separate stories they all weave in and out of each other yeah um so it's like the stories may not be as effective on their own, but the way that they all interweave, it's uh, super effective. Yeah. That was kind of my favorite thing about it was because I, I held off seeing this one. I'm not going to lie. Like I remember when it it first came out and I was seeing like the cover art for it. I was just like, I'm, I'm such a, like visually if the cover looks like something I want to watch, I'm immediately drawn in. And the cover to me was like, Oh, this just looks like classic, like, straight to video on demand. Like, I don't know if yeah. I'm going to dig this. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be cheap. Uh, and so I was surprised when you guys mentioned, I was like, you know, I never saw this movie and I don't think Lance and I have ever really talked about it. I, maybe Lance even suggested it to me one time at least. Um, but yeah, I was like, it's an anthology. And sometimes those, an- you know, anthology films can be like really hit or miss, hit or miss. Yeah. but the fact that it is like interwoven, I was like, this is tight. Like, cause I feel like with the classic anthology, sometimes it's, it doesn't really feel like you watched a movie. It's like, yeah, I got to watch like four short films and like, you know, you don't, you don't get like a, it doesn't wrap up in a nice bow as like a solid, like full watch, but this does, you know, the way that, you know, mixes together, which I thought was super rad. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it feels 
Christmassy too, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it definitely like the, the whole vibe of this has that. And you get the different, like hunting for our uh, Christmas tree and yeah. you, know, you get the different yeah. aspects of Christmas, which is cool. And I, I, I also like how you have like so many competing different styles that all reside in one film that kind of like feel cohesive together, but you have a changeling storyline where it's like kind of like conjuring jump scare esque sort of things happening. Whereas you're also, it's also being offset by like this ridiculous over the top fucking Santa literally fighting with elves with like a candy cane. want Like, so you have these absurd juxtapositions happening where it's like, okay, there's this like really cool kind of like ghost story happening here. And then there's this completely absurd fantasy ridiculous just yeah. totally totally ridiculous but fun when it, and when it ends you're like oh yeah, well, i get it now mm-hmm. yeah which i love you know what, yeah what's funny too is like this was a blind purchase for me um when john and i very first started buying blu-rays we already had so many like horror movies on dvds that we were like let's just buy mm-hmm. movies we haven't seen on blu-ray yeah. um so this was one of the movies i bought and uh I realized like two years after I had bought it that I never watched it to completion. I just would like put it on and then fall asleep or something and uh, or play Skippo. And then we would just like lose track of time and not finish it. And then I sat down and watched it to completion because to me, the Santa with the elves thing was always the worst part of the movie. I was like, yeah. I like this movie, but like, what's this stupid thing? And then I get to the end. Finally, when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, how, how has it taken me this long to to see this to completion yeah it's a fun one yeah it really does feel like sorry go ahead lance oh yeah it's uh i mean you guys have said probably my favorite stuff already but i'll just emphasize that with an anthology i always appreciate if it can be woven together and so the way that they there's characters from each storyline that fall into each of the different you know each of the different episodes of of the anthology, which I love, so that everything is, is connected, even though the storylines play out on their own. So, like that, everything exists in the same universe. Everything has it. Uh, you know, the characters exist in each of the stories, which is very, very fun and very effective. And then the like William Shatner's character is super funny to me and ridiculous, and uh, it it brings a, like a lot of levity and cohesiveness to the whole story. Yeah. And then the. Uh, Probably my favorite is the the um, the Krampus episode um, where the you know the really dumb family that is you know the whole lack of moral family and they're you know they're completely dysfunctional like nobody listens to each other it's it's all a mess and then like that you know the the retribution of Krampus coming through this you know this family is is I thought is really fun and interesting the way that they do it. And then even at the end of it, you're like, the family is forgiving each other and like loving each other through the end of it. And they're all like coming together through them getting attacked. And I was like, what in the world is happening? Because you expect like these people to be, to be shitty all the way through. But then like at towards the end, they're like realizing that they love each other. And that's, you know, so it, I mean, it still has like this very interesting heart to it. And, and, like it was, it definitely wasn't in a way I thought it would turn. Um, like there, yeah, it was just, it was very interesting that the, to me, that the, the wife and the husband like forgive each other at the end of it. Uh, Cause they're, you know, they're hating each other the whole time. Like she's fighting with him and all that kind of stuff throughout the entire storyline. And then they forgive each other. And I was like, wow, that's, 
that's very interesting that they would choose to do that. that so, took a turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I really like, I really liked that one a lot. And then the changeling one is super creepy. So I love creepy. the, uh, one of my favorite shots in that movie is when the boy's laying on the bed and she comes in and shuts the window and you mm-hmm. see the changeling eyes in the window as he's laying there. Like I, I, I love that shot. I love shots like that where like, you don't see it in reality, but the reflection of the reality is what like, gives away the illusion. Uh, yeah, I love stuff like that. It's yeah. awesome. And I also love when shots happen that are not like essential to the story and the way we all consume media now in 2022 is like 10% of our attention is happening because we're on our phone yeah. or answering an email or working on a project or whatever the fuck. Um, and then you watch that thing two or three times and you're like, oh my God, I missed that the first couple yep. of times that happened. The story wasn't ruined because I missed it. But now that I see that that was there, like it makes it even that much more scary or that much more compelling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this, this movie definitely has that. Actually, we have it on in the background right now uh, as we've been talking. And oh, we, the, the scene where uh, the changeling sequence when the dad's like pouring another uh, whiskey drink or whatever and the changeling kid's eyes are glowing in the hallway like standing the behind him yeah just, <laughs> a freaky scene yeah, yeah. my co- rattles your core it's like hearing a coyote <laughs> howl or a, a bat do their sonar thing you're like well i'll never be the same again uh yep. <laughs> yeah it's it's good this movie's it's it's definitely worth a watch it's not um we i think we tried to be a little three-dimensional with our picks here and not pick just super super obvious yeah. things yeah. um I think we got a really good spread. We've got some 80s movies. We've got some 2010s. We've got some 70s movies here. So uh, pretty good spread. So the last thing I wanted to mention on this movie is, uh, so the town that it takes place in is Bailey Downs, which is the same town from Ginger Snaps. Kick because the apparently the filmmakers uh, also worked on Ginger Snaps. And so it's in the same is it in town Canada? in the same uh, reality. I don't, I don't know. Ginger Snaps was Canadian, I so, believe. So then these. And these Black are, Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Black Christmas was Canadian. Yeah. Definitely. Welcome to a new episode of uh, Canadian Dads. Yeah. Where we talk about <laughs> Canadian Horror Dad. Yeah. Oh, this is a Canadian film. I just looked it up. Yeah. There uh, we go. It was, it was filmed in Toronto, Ontario. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Now that the Ginger Snaps correlation came in. Yeah. I had no idea about that until today. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Same great. universe, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I, it, it felt very uh, Christmas trick or treat. You know, yes, building building that same kind of like atmosphere throughout the film, like and and not letting it go. Yeah. And that's the other one that kind of interweaves the stories instead of just Mm -hmm. having them straight through. Yeah, I will say my only my only uh, criticism of this movie is the actual Krampus design. Yeah. And how he he looks like a villain in a uh, Power Rangers. um, (laughs) Totally. Battle. Yeah. And he has a ton <laughs> of abs. He's, it's actually like on. It, it's on the TV it's on right, right now. now. Dude, it's it ridiculous. looks like a fucking Power Rangers yeah. villain. That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> I love him. I, I think it's just because of how muscular he is. Like, yes. With, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love his, his tone that comes up through the confessional. Oh. <laughs> This gives me such fond '90s vibes of watching a CGI <laughs> tongue try and lick girls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <weird. God. laughs> uh, 
so this was amazing. Thank you guys so much for doing this with us. Uh, please, one more time, plug where people can find you, can find your stuff, and any new projects that you want to plug that you might be dropping if you can talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're Toxic Coffin. Uh, you can find our merchandise at toxiccoffin.com. Um, we're definitely most active on Instagram, so at toxic underscore coffin. If you want to give us a follow, that's the best place to keep tabs on any new drops that we're doing. Um, as far as things go right now, new stuff, uh, we don't have anything that we can announce yet, but mm. we know what we're doing next. Um, so just uh, keep your eyes peeled. I think we're going to ride out the rest of the year um, as far as like getting rid of uh, some of our current inventory and like really planning for 2023 uh, with the hopes that we can go bigger and better next year. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, watching the growth has been amazing, as we yeah. mentioned. Uh, we'll fanboy out on this all night, but we love the brand. We love the stuff. Uh, I think I'm up to five pieces in my collection Gee, now. And amazing. I think at least two, three days a week, I've got something toxic coughing on my body, and um, I've been using my water bottle every day, even in corporate meetings. So you can do the yeah. same if you go to toxiccoffin.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. And you guys have been with us from pretty much the jump. And yeah, we've always appreciated, you know, talking with you, you know, online and, and watching you guys grow too and seeing all the success success that you guys have been having is, is wonderful. And it's just awesome to have fellow horror dads that we can talk to every once in a while and, and not feel as weird as we do sometimes in the, oh, yeah. in the real world. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> honestly amazing. And that's what this is all about. So um keep your eyes peeled on some great stuff from uh from lance and steven but uh we will have you guys back again we'll figure out another topic to do i think next year we're going to do immediately after halloween we're going to do a post-halloween depression episode so we'll just schedule that now so um plan to hear from these dudes next year but thank you both we really appreciate it thanks guys Yep. Have Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm not afraid to say. Merry Krampus. (laughs) Merry Krampus. (laughs) 